Hi, everyone, and welcome to Quirky Corporate Chicks. We're your hosts, Sherry Hayes and Dana Foster, corporate life coaches in private practice. We focus on the story behind the scenes and talking to entrepreneurs. So here we are today with Jessica Robinson, head of Moxie Future in Dubai, of all places, Dubai. And uh, But I think she's home today for the holidays. So um, thank you, Jessica, for, for being here with us. Sure. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you. I think you're the person that we've interviewed that's been the furthest away. <laughs> well, I'm, current, I'm currently in the UK, but normally I'm based in uh, Dubai. So uh, I'm now just suffering with the cold, the cold mm. of the UK. It is the season. I feel you. <laughs> I think poor Dick um, is sick at the moment as well. So we're all just kind of winging it today. <laughs> yes, but we can do it. We can pull through. So Jessica, um, do you want to give us a little bit of a background in terms of your um, journey as to what brought you to, I think you were head of, you know, Asia X sales, you said, which I actually used to work in Asia X sales myself. So would love to hear about that and what brought you to to start your own firm. Sure, yeah. So I've been on on quite an interesting journey uh, over the last of twenty years of my career, and I actually, ironically, I started in politics and then decided to move into financial management consulting, um, both in London and then in New York. Um, and then I found myself in Asia. I was in Beijing for a number of years and in Hong Kong. And I was always working for large organizations, whether that was a consulting firm um, or, or some other kind of organization. And I just, I got to the point a couple of years ago where I thought, right, I'm now at that point in my career where I can take some really big risks. And I actually also feel that I'm going to be more impactful by moving out of a large company or organization and doing something on my own. So I took the leap, I resigned, um, and at the same time decided to move from Hong Kong, where we were currently living, uh, to, to Dubai, so into the Middle East. Um, the work I do is global, so it doesn't really matter where I'm based. And, and I set up Moxie Future. Now, just to give you a bit of an overview in terms of what Moxie Future is, we're a platform really focused on engaging with, with women as investors and as financial decision makers. So it's something that, that a lot, there's not a lot of it out there. Um, you know, at the moment, the financial industry is still very much focused on talking to investors really with that sort of my male mindset. Um, and what I really want to do with Moxie is actually hone in on women and what women want. And what do you feel like is the biggest difference between men and women when they're looking at their finances or when they're looking at something to invest in? Like, is it the same? Should they be investing in the same things or is it just a, a different mentality or what would you say is the biggest difference? So, so this is an interesting question. Of course, this is what most people start with, which is why are you just focusing on women and not focusing on men? Now, what happened a few years ago, I do, I do a lot of public speaking and I talk a lot about sustainable and responsible investment. I talk a lot about green finance in different, different arenas. And I was always struck how many times women would come up to me at the end and say, this is so powerful. This whole concept of how we tie our financial decisions to sustainability and having a positive impact on our society and on our environment. And so for me, I, I started researching and thinking through, is there something in the way that women think about money 
their money and their investment choices and how that's connected to our broader world and our society and how we create change in, in, in our world. Um, and I started to find evidence that, that yes, women are highly motivated to think around sustainability, but they also feel completely disconnected with financial markets, financial advisors, the way we make investment decisions. So, so sort of taking this all together, I'm thinking, so women don't feel particularly heard by the financial industry. And at the same time, they really care about where their money is invested. And that's what set me off on the journey of setting up Moxie Future. Um, so that sort of hypothesis was very powerful, I found. And the more and more I started talking to women, the more I realized that there was a real need for this in the market. Interesting. And so do you feel like, um, and is that also a category that is just as lucrative as what maybe perhaps a man may look at as far as investing? Well, do you mean in terms of uh, like financial returns? Yes. Yes. Okay. So again, and this, this affects women and men. There's a lot of, there are a lot of market myths that if you you think about non-financial impacts when you're deciding where to invest your money, that you'll end up with lower financial returns. Now, on the one hand, we already know that that, that's, that is a myth. We already have the evidence that actually companies that think about environmental sanctioning governance issues are likely to outperform you know, in terms of financial and corporate performance. So we already know that's a myth. But the second and more powerful message here is if you as an investor deciding where to put your dollars, where to put your money, mm. if you think investing in a company that, for example, doesn't pollute the, uh, the, the water, doesn't pollute the air or thinks about labor rights or, or ensures that it doesn't recruit or employ child labor, if you're thinking about where to put your money and you think that's a bad thing, then we have something fundamentally wrong with our financial markets and I think we need to take a step back and say okay look what is the purpose of capital what is the purpose of investing is it solely to achieve individual financial returns and maximize those financial returns or is it to invest in a cleaner brighter more sustainable future and I will always come down on the latter and I think that's I think that's what's really hitting a nerve with a lot of women because they are looking back at the global financial crisis. They're looking at what happened in 2008 and what's happened subsequently and saying, actually something has to fundamentally change. So we do things differently. And how do we do that? Well, we can do it as a consumer. We can choose to purchase sustainable goods. We can think about sustainable supply chains, but we can also think about the companies we invest in and what we're saying in terms of our values and our beliefs. And I think, and I think that's really, you know, in, in 2018 and eighteen and beyond, that's the powerful message now. Now, that's very interesting, um, Jessica, and it's, it's so fantastic to have you on today. And I think, what are some of the challenges you see as a, as a kind of a woman just starting out um, investing? Oh, oh gosh, we face so we face so many. I mean, there are so many gaps. There's there's obviously the earning gap, which yeah. gets a lot of press and a lot of media. There's also the investment gap, which you know we're now looking at 
women living longer, not saving as much as men, so therefore ending up in a situation where they're facing a massive investment gap. But there's also a confidence gap. You know, how do a lot of women we find are reluctant to make investment decisions because they feel they don't have enough information, they feel they're not prepared enough, they're concerned about the risk they're taking. So, you know, we, we really, um, we're hampered in many, many ways. And, and then you go to a financial advisor and quite often, well, nine times out of 10, they're men. Um, they may talk down to a lot of women who, who actually, you know, may even be working in the finance and investment industry. So, you know, there, there are all these kind of challenges that women starting out as investors really do face. And I think, I think that's the important thing that we're trying to achieve with Moxie Future is how can we democratize investing so that every woman can get involved and can, and can invest and make decisions with, with real confidence around where her, where her money's actually going. Um, and I think, you know, we talk a lot now about financial feminism, which is firstly just getting women to invest. But I really believe that financial feminism is much more than that because it's not just putting your money into a savings account. It's not just about putting it into a fund. It's actually saying, I am really powerful with these investment decisions and this is the type of world I want to build and this is what I'm going to do. I give you like a good example that I quite often give is when I set up Moxie Future, I, um, I tried and tested this with a lot of um, financial advisors, you know, and I'm an environmental economist by background. I've been in responsible finance for many, many years, but I would never tell anybody what I did. Mm. I sort of play dumb a lot. And the number of times I would be patronized and talked down to and said, oh, well, if you don't invest in fossil fuels, that means that's a major restriction on any investment that you can make. And I would say thinking, but here am I raising my children, worrying about air pollution, knowing that the future is clean energy. Why on earth would I take your advice and stick my money in a fund that's heavily invested in fossil fuel companies? It's just illogical. Mm. But it's amazing how financial advisors kind of, they're not really listening to what women want and actually not, not actually probably knowing the, the sort of the truth themselves. Well, it's interesting because you live in um, the Emirates as well, you know, a, a very big oil <laughs> area. Yeah. Um, I think probably people may look at that and say, well, you know, it's oil money where you are. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a challenging place to live as a sort of sustainability champion. Yeah. Um, I say it's something I find very interesting because I did live in Beijing for a number of years, um, sort of way back in 2006. And at that time, China was the, the big enemy of environmental progress. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen in the last 12 years is such a rapid transformation in how the government and all the government agencies and all the ecosystem that sits below that, how they're transforming their economy so rapidly. Um, I mean, my background's finance, right? So I've seen how green finance now has sort of become a mainstream in China and actually is sweeping across Asia. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen the bad go to the, to the rapidly improved and I've seen opposite trends happen, you know, in many of the Western countries as well. So I think we just have to keep pushing for information and, and demanding things as individuals as well. I, I, I have one more question. Um, I'm not sure if Dana wants to um, 
say anything, but I, in terms of what, where were you in your life when you decided to start your own firm? Um, I was just completely fed up with listening to people talk at each other. Mm. Yeah, talking heads, yeah. Yeah, and not really recognizing that it's not about you and your ego and the number of tweets you have. And that's not what change is about. Change is about, I believe, inspiring people to do something differently. And that for me was what Moxie and what Moxie Future is about, which is when you bring women together, smart, professional dynamic motivated women when you bring them together in a room and you start connecting the dots between what we want as employees what we want as entrepreneurs what we want as mothers what we want as friends and actually saying is this the world that we're trying to build how are we going to do it it's so powerful and i think you know the last two years we've seen with the me too movement we see women's organizations becoming much more vocal and much more powerful the time is now for sort of the collective female mind to drive solutions to the problems that we face. And those problems have to be climate change, poverty, social inequality, injustice. And, and I think, I think, you know, I think I, I sound like a sort of raving feminist now, but women are, <laughs> going, women are going to drive those solutions. And I think, I think, you know, it can no longer be kept down. It has to be, it has to be solved. Well, you have a, well, a I think... interesting point, you know, um, being in, in England at the moment, even though you're based in, in the Emirates, is um, Brexit. Um, I mean, I actually lost my work visa living in England um, <laughs> because of Brexit. You know, my company was saying a financial industry that they were moving out and um, anyone who was non-essential staff was going to be cut. And I was. And it's... I, I just think it's a, it's an interesting time in our uh, financial landscape uh, to, to kind of see where we're going to go, um, particularly for women, I think, conservative. Yeah. Well, it, but you also bring up a good point, too, where, you know, women as a collective, but I think it's even starting that conversation earlier, um, because I remember when I went to college, <clears throat> when I was talking to my friends, and, you know, I talked to them about saving, or did they have a financial advisor, who are they going to be working with, you know, once they got out of school. And a lot of them weren't even thinking about that. Or even, you know, when they did get their first jobs, were they contributing to their 401k? No, they weren't doing that. And so I think that it's just, it's one of those things for some reason, um, kind of like with men and mentoring, I, I think it's changing, but it was just like women weren't being mentored as much and women weren't being given financial guidance. Uh, as much as men for whatever reason and so now you're right I think that like with with financial independence uh, that women have gotten and we continue to make strides like there are a lot of really great things happening in the world just like what you're doing and creating those conversations but um, I think it's almost even in having those conversations at younger ages with women to say like what are you gonna do like have you started to think about it yeah. and so I think yeah, it's really phenomenal what you're what you're doing. I mean, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think if you think about, I mean, I always I always look at the rules of the game, and I, you know, when you look at the financial world, I, I feel that has been defined 
by by men largely you know and, and was it Christine Lagarde who says you know if it was Lehman sisters we'd be in a very different world than we are today and, <laughs> and I, I do I, I just think very strongly that um you know, women now own a third of the world's private wealth, right? And that's increasing day by day. Women live longer. Women will outlive their spouses quite often. They will inherit more. Um, they're going to earn more. The earning parity is going to be, you know, reduced. So we're looking at women taking over more and more of the world's assets. Now, how do we use that in a positive way? And what do we need to do to both educate women in how to make different decisions, but also how to build confidence? Because I do think this is really important. And your point around starting educating our girls from a young age is important too, because I know when I was at school, I was certainly not given the tools to think about how to be financially independent, how to manage my own, you know, my own assets. Um, and I think this is really changing. And I do think the opportunities now to, to both educate, guide and inspire are really significant. I completely agree with that. It's, and it's, you know, you're 100% right. It's having the confidence, getting the resources, asking the questions. Um, and it's, it's interesting yeah. as well, I don't think, so when it comes to sustainability and how we use money to, to create positive impact, um, you know, I am focused on women, but this is not to the, to the exclusion of men. This is not at all. It's not a women versus men thing. We all want to live in a better world. But what I am saying is the way that the investment industry is currently structured does not listen to or understand the majority of women's needs. So something needs to change. And that's what we're aiming to do. Um, and so, you know, it isn't, it isn't men versus women, because I don't think that's a helpful conversation to have. What it is, mm -hmm. is women yeah, need something. Let's fill that gap, right? Mm -hmm. No, that's very refreshing to hear that as well, Jessica, because um, we, uh, especially on the podcast, we, um, it, we tr we're very pro-female, but we also, mm -hmm. you know, are realistic and, and we're, we, we want everyone to kind of be equal. And I yeah. think to be equal, um, you don't necessarily want to be referred to as, you know, well, I'm a female investor. You know, I'm, I'm a person. <laughs> I'm an investor. Full yeah. stop. Yeah, I think it's, it's around, I mean, I think it's around recognizing, recognizing where a certain, a certain group of people, whether that's women or men or different, whatever different groups where they feel that something more is needed. And, and that's, um, you know, that's what we're, we're trying to do. I think we need more and more discussion around, you know, I, I talked about it before around this purpose of capital. You know, we've been obsessed with capital being around making more money for the owners of that capital. And where I want to come in is saying, no, I, I think, I think we need to reframe this whole discussion. Capital is about investing for the benefit of everyone. And everyone means not just different parts of societies. It means other countries. It means, you know, it means equality across the board. And I, I do think we need that sort of philosophical discussion to start happening. Um, I mean, I'm, the climate change issue for me is something I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about because the people that are suffering today because of climate change are the poorest people in the world. And that, that means we 
we who have a pa the power to make different investment decisions have a responsibility. And I don't think enough people are having that, that philosophical discussion yet. Wow. That's so, so if you were going to give one, if you were going to say to a young woman that says, you know what, I, I want to be more active, I want to be more involved in my own investing, what would be one piece of advice or the first step that they could do to start building that confidence or getting additional education? Where would you point them? Well, I mean, it is quite simply get educated. Um, you know, the information is out there. I mean, we put a lot of stuff on our website. Um, the more educated you are, the more powerful your decisions can be. And the more you can push back and challenge people who tell you that's not true. Right. You know, that I said that story about the financial advisors telling me that I, I was it was silly for me to not invest in fossil fuels get educated right there's so much analysis out there that can really help build build your knowledge and then you can actually do this stuff yourself right we've been the finance industry use all these large words and terminology that kind of either turns people off or they simply don't understand well i'm you know it really is it's masking quite simple concepts you know i think the other thing is i find things like angel investing great i mean you know, when we look at how we can work as angel investors, how we can use crowdfunding, how we can use technology to really democratize investments so everybody can do it. So young women starting out today can actually do it. Um, and actually, I'm also going to, 2019 for me, I'm going to write a book which is specifically targeting women in terms of how they're getting started because, because I just don't feel there's enough guidance specifically to answer this question there's all the information and the education you can do but then how do you take that next step um so watch this space that's my that's my challenge and now i've committed to that that means i've got to do it as well <laughs> <laughs> we're holding you to it <laughs> I, I expect to that like in three months time after the beginning of the year where is it <laughs> oh. oh geez <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today i mean it's been absolutely a pleasure and um oh, you know with schedules and everything it's been it's been great and um you are such an inspiration i think to 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 most of us well i i i feel like i'm just starting out i actually wish i wish somebody had um encouraged me earlier to to do my own thing but i think mm -hmm. we get trapped into working for large organizations, the titles and all that it goes with it. And I think that um, the more that we can sort of launch and do our own thing and, and push, push back against the rules, the better, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, I think it's intoxicating, especially well, and also when someone else is cutting the check, but <laughs> we, um, you know, as Hannah and I, as life coaches, we, we enjoy kind of our side gig. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You guys are doing, you know, you're you're sort of forging something new with your podcast, and I just I think it's fantastic. We live in a, day, a time now where you know, and I say this to my kids every day: you can do and be anything you want. You don't know, just get get you know get educated and get equipped and be brave, and then um, and I think that applies to every walk of life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. All right. Well, and thank you everyone for listening. And uh, thank you, Jessica. Safe travel. Yes. Happy holidays. holidays. Yeah. Have a, have a good, have a good holiday, everyone. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.